So welcome officially to the roadmap to healing the root of your perfectionism and ending the cycle of passing down childhood wounds to your children. I'm so excited for you to be here today. All right, so I'm Chastity. I hope that I am not new to you, but if I am, I am a lover of Jesus. I am a wife to one beautiful husband. I am a mama to two little girls that I love so dearly. I'm also a trauma therapist and have been so for the past 10 plus years. Um, And throughout my journey doing therapy uh, with clients, I've seen as young as two years old and I've seen as old as 71. And all of these clients have had one thing in common and that is childhood wounds. And so I have this perspective of what it looks like when the injury or the hurt initially happens as a child and what it looks like way, way, way down in the future. So I bring this perspective to you in this class and all the work that I do, um, because I want you to know that what we do today impacts the future and what happened yesterday impacts us right now. Okay. So a little bit of my story, we'll talk about it a little more later, but I was the girl with daddy issues. Okay. I grew up with a father who was absent. He was alive and well, but I didn't see him, right? I remember being very young, growing up with my mom. She was a single mom. And when I was in the fifth grade, she approached my sister and I, the newspaper article. And she had it circled that her and my dad had got a divorce. It's like, okay, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this information that came from a newspaper and I'm in the fifth grade, but okay, right? And it kind of started to hit me that the story that I had made about what a happy family was, was not going to be my story, right? So I grew up and I became this prideful perfectionist. I was afraid of being vulnerable and I was afraid of being left behind. Um, This fear caused me to to kind of adapt this mentality. I'm going to get you before you get me. I'm going to leave you before you leave me. I'm not going to give you an opportunity to leave me out without support, without help, um, without connection, I won't be caught up in the same kind of thing. Is anybody else here that grew up with an absent dad that kind of has this kind of thought when it comes to relationships or had this thought when it came to relationships, right? Um, What I did was I just started achieving, right? Like most of us do. I went to college, got all degrees, graduated with honors, was president of my class. I decorated my walls and all the things and my name with letters, right? It kept me safe for a little bit. If I don't have anything else, I got me. Maybe I didn't say this out loud, but that's surely what I was thinking, right? If I don't have anything else, at least I can fall back on the work that I've produced, the work that I've done, no one can tell me that I'm not worth sticking around for if I have this, right? But here is the kicker. Again, we'll talk about this later. When I healed, every part of me healed. When I healed from my father wound, every part of me healed, every relationship healed. Because I stopped running from this idea that I was the problem and I needed to be fixed, right? Into realizing that maybe my dad had his own issues going on that had nothing to do with me. Although it impacted me, it was not me, right? A lot of times we think because our parents um, treat us a certain way, we internalize it as it's it's about us. We shift the blame to us. As kids, that's what we do. If we don't have an explanation as to why things are the way they are, we make it up. Our imagination, you can, listen, 
think about your imagination of your children right now. Listen, I have a, a, a how old is she? <laughs> four-year-old. She's four. <laughs> the girl can talk, okay? And she will be coming up with all these elaborate stories and she's all up in her imagination. She's making up all these characters. She has her own storyline that she's creating because that's what children do. And when you leave the room open for a child to come up with their belief system about their self, then usually the thought and belief system they come up with is that I'm flawed. I only make mistakes. I'm insignificant. And I don't deserve the connection to other people. Okay. So before we pray, as we pray in this morning or this afternoon, wherever you are, <laughs> before we pray, I want you to have the mentality about this class that I'm going to be giving you my best. I'm going to be teaching you some of the frameworks and, and principles that I've used with hundreds of clients to help them heal from um, their childhood wounds. But as I give you my best, I ask that you give your best in return, right? So as we're interacting, I'm going to be stopping to asking you questions, doing some workshopping. And so as you get into the class, get into it, right? When you see me giving my all, you give your all, right? I think when we have and enter into this agreement, then you can come out of this class knowing and fully confident that what I teach you are capable of doing, okay? So let's pray before we get into that. God, we just thank you so much for this time. This time to be still, to be thankful, to be aware of who you are. We take off in this moment any ideas and beliefs about us that did not come from you. We open our hearts, we open our minds, we open our ears to hear you, our eyes to see you in the midst of this. God, we know that emotions are a part of, of the form and the makeup of who we are. You gave them to us for a reason. Help us to understand why. When we feel like we cannot manage anxiety, when it's too much, when we feel like, oh, the only thing I have to offer this world is my overproduction, my overachieving, my overperforming. Can you whisper to us, daughter, be still. Help us to listen. Help us to receive in this moment and forever. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's get to it. So today in the class, we're gonna learn um, how to discover the childhood wound that fuels your perfectionism. We're gonna learn why the enemy uses perfectionism to keep you stuck. We're going to identify your perfectionism blind spots and passing down childhood wounds to your children. And then you're gonna learn the skill to breaking out of the vicious perfectionism cycle. Woo woo. Woo woo. Okay. The first thing is first. Okay. Let's get on the same page of what I think perfectionism is. I believe that perfection, perfectionism is just polished pain. I don't believe it's a personality trait that we just pick up. I don't think it's like this type A, oh, God decided to give me perfectionism. I believe that it's a learned behavior from the belief that you are broken from the belief that you are broken. So if you took the quiz, the perfectionism prototype quiz, give me your type <laughs> in the comment section. But if you did not, these are the prototypes that were a part of that quiz that breaks all of this down, but I'm gonna go through it very quickly today. I believe that perfectionism turns you into a protector, right? So when you believe that 
you are broken, you try to fix it, right? And our ideas as ambitious women is I have to come up with my own formula to survive, to be connected, to be supported, right? As a protector, anxiety fuels you into making decisions, having thoughts that make you think you can curate safety for your life. I won't make this particular risk for my children because if I do, I'm going to mess them up, right? You have all these anxious thoughts about the worst case scenario that's coming towards you and it doesn't allow you to be present in this moment. It completely removes you from this moment, right? And listen, we all, as ambitious women, high achieving, we got the things, we know how to do it, we know how to do it well, okay? But when you're so used to looking around corners, yes, there is a good side of that, but there's also an unhealthy side of that. When you are your own protector, where's God? Yeah. So anxious thoughts, um, spiraling thoughts, what's going to happen next? What, you know, what am I going to do if this happened or it doesn't happen? You think planning is your way to safety. And that is a form of perfectionism. Okay. The next one is perfectionism turns you into a performer. Whatever mask I have to wear to maintain my connection and my support from people that I love or people that can give me respect. So I see this a lot inside of uh, inside of work, right? You don't like your boss, but you, <laughs> girl, you know, just give me this promotion. <laughs> you don't, perhaps you don't even like, um, you don't even like the feel that you're in, but you believe that it's going to please your parents, right? It's going to give you a certain status because there's money attached to it. You believe, ah, I'm stuck here, right? What mask do I have to wear in order for me to gain respect, to curate safety, right? When we people please, we are performing. We are denying our authentic selves. We are denying, and a lot of times, who God is calling us to be for the sake of connection, I'll be the perfect person that you want me to be in this moment so that I can be connected. We all know that's a slippery slope, right? The last one is the producer. I happen to fall into this category or did before I healed, right? So the producer, um, how perfectionism shows up in this way is I'm ultra independent. I don't need nobody. I don't need nobody because I don't want to depend on anybody to disappoint me. And so I'm going to do all things by myself. I'm going to do them well. There's no slip up. There's no mistakes. I have high standards for myself and every person around me, which isn't entirely bad. Actually, none of these are entirely bad, right? There are moments when you need anxiety to kick you in the butt and get the going, okay? If somebody is chasing you and they look a little sketch, you need anxiety to get you out of there, okay? We're gonna need that. If you are in an environment where you, you're not familiar with what's happening around you, maybe you do kind of soak in the culture, or you soak in what's happening around you to figure out, okay, how do I need to move, right? 
or there's an, a respect element, a part of it, right? There's a, a church culture. Whenever we go to church, there's a culture there of reverence and respect. And you, there might be some things you want to do that you, that you maybe can't do there, right? When it comes to producing, there's nothing wrong with working. There's nothing wrong with trying to achieve things in excellence. But in all of these things, is if fear is driving you to do it, these good intentions become very unhealthy, very quick. Okay. So perfectionism turns into, turns you into a protector, a performer and a producer. Looks good. I can't see the chat. I see the little notifications, but we'll come back around to it. <laughs> okay. So if um, you have the belief that you're broken, um, I believe it comes from childhood wounds, right? And so my definition of childhood wounds is unhealthy, um, unhealthy beliefs about yourself, patterns, these experiences that happen that doesn't require physical punishment, right? Sometimes we think, oh, like my childhood wasn't the best, but I also didn't get like beat or I didn't, I, my parents didn't starve me, right? And so we kind of, we we think in these extremes of if, this didn't happen, then it doesn't mean that I've been wounded by, by my parents, right? Having a childhood wound or deep hurt from your parent could also look like a critical or emotional avoidant mom. If your mom, every time she saw you, for the most part, let me just say high level thing, because in most cases, your parents aren't, um, it's not all bad, right? Or your your parents, even if they, um it's not all bad. I'll just leave it at that. It's not all bad, right? But having a critical mom, for the most part, if she, you know, talks about your body image, if she talks about um, the choices that you make in parenting, if you were, when you were a child, she made um, comments about what you were doing in school, your grades, right? You never felt that your mom was in your corner. Mom, can we just have a conversation? where I feel loved, where I feel understood that, that I share something with you and it doesn't turn into this guilt trip about why it doesn't include you and your feelings and your thoughts, right? Or if she was emotionally avoidant. Oh, no, no, we don't talk about that. No, 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 no. We don't talk about those feelings. We smile. We act like ladies. We keep ourselves together. That's that's what the, the woman model in this family is, right? But internally dismissing your thoughts, your feelings that typically were, were big feelings. Like if, if you were happy, sure, be happy, but don't you be, dare be sad. Don't you dare be angry, right? And or... We also have the critical, emotionally avoiding, or physically absent dad. I fall into this category, right? If your dad was in the home, but his mind was out of the home, that could be hurtful. It kind of leaves this stench of, I see you. I see you see me, but I don't feel this connection, right? You're not being affirmed by your dad, which is very important. Um, you don't feel like you have this uh, safety to go to him, to be vulnerable with him, to lean into him, which also impacts the way that you view God. We'll talk about that in just a second, right? So these two categories, it doesn't involve being 
uh, physically hit or punished in that way, although that could be a part of your childhood wounds. But I'm talking about the emotional impact that we often overlook. All right. Okay. So this is how childhood hurts turns into high standards. Nothing wrong with high standards. But we're going to talk about how hurt can't turn into high standards, right? So your mom or your dad made you feel like something was missing. Because of their disconnection, their emotional immaturity, what they said, what they didn't say, right? It made you feel like something was missing from you. And as a child, remember that imagination? You start calculating, okay, it's me, right? What happens after that? Perfectionism promises you, I'll fill the gap. I'll fill the gap. If 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 your mom or your dad didn't affirm you in this way, I will step in and I'll make you feel loved. I'll make you feel significant. I'll make you feel respected, value, valued, heard, right? What happens next? You make perfectionism part of your identity. Raise your hand if you've ever said, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a control freak, right? I'm a worry, worry, wart. <laughs> I see you, Raylan, Christina. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just me, that's me. When we put these, when we attach these names to who we are, we make them a part of our identity. Anytime, anytime God introduces himself in the Bible, he always starts with I am. Anything you put after I am is significant. It's weighty, right? And so instead of putting what God says about us, we'll say things like, I'm a perfectionist. And what we think is being a perfectionist is good, right? We think it's good, but it's a little, it's a little deadly. We'll talk about that. When you idolize perfectionism and perfection, you isolate yourself from God. Why do you need a sovereign God if you can do it on your own? If you can protect yourself, if you know what's coming ahead, why do you need to trust him? If you are the only one that provides for you, if you only need the connection with yourself, why do you need God? When you idolize this idea that perfectionism will fill in the gap from what you believe you're missing, you isolate yourself from God. He's always there, ready, right? Ready, please come to me, please talk to me so I can tell you otherwise, right? But in our own thinking, our own beliefs, our own doing, we do this. No, 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 I got it, I got it. How many times, I can't tell you how many times I've had to pray and forgive myself even for being caught up in this. Okay. So you will become spiritually and emotionally healthy when you heal your childhood wounds. It's all connected. I don't think you can isolate one from the other because they run in tandem, right? We are one body, one mind, one flesh, one soul. We can't, sometimes we think we can intellectualize or compartmentalize 
um, who we are. That happened such a long time ago. It's That's not who I am anymore. Or like, I'm not even around my parents. I'm around my parents, but I'm an adult and I have my own kids. So that doesn't even matter anymore, right? That's then, this is me now, but there's always a connection. And what I'm here to boldly tell you, right, is when you heal the spiritual and emotional part of you, it also is connected to healing the childhood wound part of you as well. All right, so here's what you need in order to make all of this happen. And then we're going to smooth, see walk our way into today's uh, lesson, right? So being able to disrupt the cycle of your childhood wounds really comes down to this. You can't disrupt something you don't confront. I know a lot of clients before they come to work with me, they've waited, waited, waited. All this time has gone by. They felt this nudge of like, oh, I'm, I'm a little too triggered. This is coming up a little too often. These are a lot of patterns that don't seem to go away, right? Um, they feel it within them, but they're afraid to confront. It's almost like being honest about your childhood. The fact of just naming it is going to jump out like a bear and get you. It's going to consume you. You won't be able to handle or stand the emotions that come from that. I get it. I get it. But in order for you to confront that, you need safety. And what I mean by safety is an environment both within you and on the outside of you that respects your vulnerability. When you when you have a friend that comes to you, something happened uh, to them, they're distraught, they're crying. Your first thing is not to be like, girl, be quiet, ain't nothing wrong with you. Now, I hope you don't do your friends like that. <laughs> but if my my best friend were to come to me and something was grieving her heart, my response will be, I'm so sorry. Can Do you want to talk about it? Tell me more about that, right? But somehow when we experience emotions or feelings or sadness or grief related to what happened then, we tell ourselves, get over it. It happened such a long time ago, right? You've created an unsafe environment for yourself to heal, okay? So the other thing is to stop avoiding those emotions, right? The fear of losing control of your emotions increases the potency of that emotion. If you think, oh, I can't be angry, the anger doesn't go away. She just be brewing in the background. <laughs> and then she'll turn into mom rage, what we consider to be mom rage, right? All of a sudden you're good. Your child says one thing or they drop or spill one thing on the floor. And it's like, ah! Oh my gosh, the yelling happens, the anger, the the quickness, the briskness, all of that is compacted in that moment. You don't understand why you got so ragey, why you saw black or red, why your, your body just jolted with all this energy. And it's because it didn't go away. It increased in its potency, right? So having frameworks um, to identify, regulate, and express your emotions without judgment is the key here, right? So next, being able to set and maintain these healthy boundaries, right? Here's the thing. A lot of clients will say, I just need a script, right? We'll read the the, the blogs and podcasts and the Pinterest and the Instagram. You're like, okay, give me a script. Okay, today I need X, Y, and Z so that I can, Right? You think you need a script, but you have the words you want to say. You have you have the exact words that you want to say, but it's drenched in guilt. And I wonder where that came from. 
or maybe I should say, I kind of know where it came from. <laughs> a lot of it is what I call boundary baggage. This thing that's passed down from our own moms, our own family about what boundaries are. You're turning your back on me. You're being disrespectful. You're betraying everything that we've worked for. You're being ungrateful, right? When you think that your boundaries are a gateway to guilt, you'll never set them. It doesn't matter what relationship you're in, what environment you're in, you won't set them if it's drenched in guilt. So you need guilt without the emotional baggage that's attached to it, okay? So then you need to be able to renew your identity in Christ. God wants to renew your mind and through your mind, renewing your entire life. But it requires your trust in him, which means I'm going to take my I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E. I'm going to take that hat off, okay? And I'm going to pick up surrender. And this is not easy. Let me just tell you right there right now. Because what I want to do is I want to work. I want to work and I want to do it myself. I want to feel proud of the work that I've done. Even as I have been getting ready for this class and even Mama Munda will talk about that at the end of the class today. But even as I was getting ready for that, I'm like, I just got to keep going. Like I just, I'm full of adrenaline and I'm so excited. I'm ready to go, right? It doesn't make sense for our minds, especially as ambitious moms to slow down. It, it, It contradicts our nature. But God says, let me have it. Let me have that worry. Let me have that anxiety. Let me have that need for you to keep going and going without asking for help. Let me have this boundary that you refuse to set at work because you think it's going to lose or cost you respect. Let me have that, right? Let me have it. So if we think about what we just went over and we just kind of fast forward to the future at the point where you're like, oh, I've done that. Okay, I've, I've stopped avoiding my emotions. I've faced my my childhood wounds, I've been able to set these boundaries. I've renewed my identity in Christ, right? Because you have been able to do that, imagine how you have been able to shift your lineage. That what has been poured over you is now poured into your children because you've rejected this old sense of perfectionism and you've become emotionally and spiritually healthy. The Bible talks about in Proverbs 31, 28, your children and their children, I added that one, will rise up and call you blessed. Tell me how that feels in the chat. When you think about this future version of you, tell me how that feels in the chat, right? How about you being able to manage that anxiety and that anger before it becomes explosive, before you yell, before you criticize, right? How does it feel to be able to express what you need Um, in an emotionally healthy way and communicate in an emotionally healthy way. You're at peace when you do that, right? What about even when life is lifing? Because we are not promised um, a life without strife. Okay? Tomorrow got problems of its own. So many problems tomorrow has. So many problems tomorrow has. Let me see. Oh, seriously, said we already feel seen. Hopeful and renewing. Absolutely. Encouraging. Absolutely. Being able to manage these things, even through the strife of life, even while things are going cahoots, 
Because as long as you're a mom, as long as you're a wife, as long as you're working, as long as you're living, there will be something to come against your peace. But knowing, okay, I know how to be anchored in this moment. I can be confident in this moment. Okay. So the goal of today and even in the future is to go beyond the goal, right? To go beyond the present moment of even just learning how to talk about your feelings, right? Or learning how to stop being a perfectionist. It, it goes beyond that. Years and generations and years and generations beyond that, okay? So again, thinking about that, what does it feel for your children? How does that impact on them? What is that future uh, uh, vision impact and how does it impact your marriage? What's being said? What's not being said? What are you doing? What are you starting? What are you stopping? This is what you need to think about because it it anchors you in that bigger why. Because we get busy with life and we will come up with all of the reasons as to why this isn't important right now, but it really is, right? It really is. Okay. So what I'm going to teach you is um, just the means, right? For us to be able to get to that end, but it's all about what it does for your lineage, it's you, the person, but it's also for you, the lineage. And yes, we're going to get into it right now. So the mission is to show you high achieving Christian moms who are struggling with perfectionism, how to craft a cycle changing strategy that's simple, not always easy, but it is simple, enjoyable, and has an immediate impact on you and every single thing that you touch. All right. So here's the process. Being able to disrupt the perfect message, what I call the perfect message, uncovering your blind spots to passing down childhood wounds, identifying the enemy's angle, and then exiting out of that cycle. So this is how it all got started. I want you to think for a second, though. What moment in your childhood taught you that you had to be perfect? For me, that moment was uh, actually a lot of moments, right? of being disappointed that my dad didn't show up. Oh, I'll be there for your birthday. I'll be there this week, this weekend. I'm coming down. Look, got your backpack on, looking. Nope, no dad. Oh, okay, it must be because of me. There's something that I've done because of me. So then I need to rise up and fix myself. I need to be perfect so no one else leaves me with my backpack on, waiting at the door. Yeah, what moment is it for you? Maybe. Here's a clue. Maybe it's a series of moments, right? That it's not actually just this one thing that happened. That's it's many things that happen. These kind of things of feelings of feeling insignificant, unlovable, right? If you only feel tolerated and not celebrated in your home. I'm just, you're just there living, just, just a part of the family, not included and loved and belonged, in the family, misunderstood, controlled, minimized, right? These themes that could have happened throughout your childhood that kind of planted that seed. So here is how, here is how this goes. Here we go. Here's how the cycle of childhood wounds uh, go. So mom or dad says or does something. This perfectionism loop then begins or began, you feel hurt, right? If we were playing an identification of emotions game, it would be hurt, sad, disappointed, right? That feeling of sadness, then you figure out what to do with it. You feel unsafe to express that hurt because 
what are they going to say? Are they going to punish me? Are they going to hurt me? Are they going to say that it's your fault and you didn't, and they didn't do anything wrong, right? Is there safety there for you to, to do that? Then you internalize it, right? This is the loop I was talking about earlier. And then you try to fix it. Here's the thing. The cycle could have happened 30 years ago or 30 minutes ago. The impact remains unresolved. It, re- it remains there until it's resolved. This cycle that you're playing out over and over. And here's the thing. You can replace mom or dad with your husband. You can replace mom or dad with your kids even. Because God bless them, we love them, but they can be triggering to us. <laughs> you can replace mom or dad with your boss. Mom or dad with your business, if you're a business owner. Mom or dad with whatever else. In this perfectionism loop that's repeated from from way back then. So you're probably wondering like, but I make it a point not to do what my parents did, right? So when we think about um, breaking the cycle of childhood wounds, right? It's like, no, I'm going to do everything it takes not to be, not to do what my parents did. And I don't fill in the blank, right? Or I would never fill in the blank. And you can probably even think about some of the things that you've already said or the things that you've done. Remember at the beginning of the class when I said you're the best mom for your kids? I absolutely mean that because there are things that um, that you've already set out to do or not to do that are good things. They have good intentions, right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Perfectionism is sneaky. It's not just about having good intentions because good intentions can then turn into high expectations that then turn into anxiety that then your kids view you as this anxious oh my mom is always running she's never she's never uh, able to calm or sit or relax or be my mom is always going right so even if you don't do some of the things that your parents did right the hitting, the yelling, the criticism, the whatever, whatever, even if you don't do those things, if you haven't um, figured out how to unattach yourself from the root, this is what happens, right? The good intentions derive from fear. They create anxiety within and around you. So your anxious thoughts about what your kids can and cannot do, your attempt to control everything around you, because you know what's best or you know what you think will keep you safe because that's what control is. We don't control things that have no risk. We don't control things that don't have risk. So if your children are watching you, because they are watching, I was in a conference um, not too long ago and I asked all the moms in the room to raise their hand if they saw their mom always up doing you know, cleaning, cooking, planning something. She was always up and doing something. Ooh, yep, me, 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 me. Then I said, okay, now raise your hand if you saw your mom relaxing in an emotionally healthy state, taking a break, having fun, no hands, right? So even if you're not doing what was done to you, if your actions are still driven by fear, it'll still be shown. And that is a blind spot that we need to get to, right? So giving your children the childhood that you didn't have doesn't require more parenting classes because that's usually what we think. I need to learn how to be a gentle parent. I need to learn how to be that. 
which those things are beautiful, okay? I've taught those classes before and I think they are paramount in helping you because you didn't have the model, right? But that's not the only thing, right? It requires you to unlearn the belief that you always mess things up, right? Renewing that old belief system is what gets you to curating this environment that you want to create. All right. So when you change what you believe, everything changes, right? So you start at the top of like, well, what does God say about me, right? How can I own these beliefs about what he calls me into? He doesn't want me living in fear and says it over and over and over and over in the Bible. He tells me that he will never leave me or forsake it or forsake me. How then do I take ownership of this? How do I incorporate it into my very being? What what actions do I need to start or stop? What boundaries do I need to uphold? What relationships do I need to continue or cut, right? Everything changes when we get to that point. But here's why the enemy wants you to be distracted by perfectionism. If he can convince you that you, that the only way to keep your children safe is to control them, you'll control them. And they will receive this hurt from being controlled and confined and be like, well, I know my mama loved me, but why she didn't da 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 And the same type of uh, narrative that you receive, they do too, even though it came from two different completely subtypes, right, of wounds, they still feel it. If he can convince you to control your children, he can convince you that you're, you are in, in control of their safety, And so you'll do all these things out of no risk, right? So he also can convince you if if perfectionism is your go-to things. He can also convince you that the communication that you have with your husband doesn't have to be uh, done in a healthy way, right? So if everything has to be perfect, everything has to be right and in your standards and your husband slips up, guess what? You can criticize him because you're a perfectionist. And you like things your way. And when your husband gets off track, you get to get him into shape. So the enemy will 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 make you convinced that perfection is the only way to be in marriage. And when your husband is not living up to that, oh, he's going to get this criticism. And that criticism provides a wedge in the marriage. He wants you living in anxiety and shame. Keep you in that loop of go, 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 living on edge, not getting sleep, not eating properly, um, always wondering about the bad things that are going to happen, second guessing your thoughts and this is going to happen and that. Uh, keep you in that haze, keep you in shame for not being able to produce and perform in the way that you want to. He can keep you stuck. There are probably things that God has put on your life that has called you to, assigned you to, and you're so fearful because of perfectionism. I can't start the business. I can't do this. I can't pivot at work because what if I get it wrong? If the enemy can keep you there, he can keep you stuck. Lastly, but most importantly, he wants to keep you performing out of perfectionism to keep your relationship with God at a surface level. If you're not trusting God, if you're not surrendering your will to him, if you're not uh, casting your anxiety and your cares on him, if you don't truly believe that he will um, be to you who he says he will be to you, you won't pray, you won't do devotionals, you won't submit your will to him. And so you'll have this surface level. Thank you, God, for this day. 
keep my kids safe. Amen. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. But if he can keep that relationship surface level, my goodness, can he come in and destroy your life? And we know that the enemy seeks to destroy, to kill, right? And so this is his plan. What? What about God's plan? His plan is to have a deep, intimate relationship with you that is full of surrender. Give it to me, he says. Like we said earlier, give it to me. Yes, you can make your plans, but let me order your steps. Don't be so consumed with anxiety that you try to do everything. Give it to me. And when you do that, you will be whole, emotionally, spiritually, physically whole and healthy for his glory. You can do the things that I've called you to do. Even if you are afraid in the moment, I will give you spiritual and supernatural courage and you'll do it. You'll do it because you're connected to me, right? And because you are healthy and whole, your marriage has the ability to represent my love. And people will look at, at y'all's marriage and be like, I know that, like, how'd y'all get here? Because what and how did you? So they're asking you questions and you get to share the gospel. I mean, that's just kind of funny how things happen, right? But your marriage becomes as a representation of Christ's love for the church, which is the, the design for marriage, right? Because your marriage is in a good spot. You and your husband are able to steward your children with the fruits of the spirit. You raise them up. And this is, this is the way we usher in the peace of the Holy Spirit. This is the way that we treat our neighbor. This is the way that we blah, 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 blah. They see the model of it in your home and it works backwards. This is God's plan for you. All right. So by his stripes, you are healed. Not will be. Are means today. It's a present word. You are healed. You just got to step into it, right? So I share a little bit about my story and I got to move quickly. <laughs> but I share a little bit about my story, about how I was scared of being left alone, right? I became this ultra independent. I'm going to do it by myself. I'm not going to leave my life or this, the good things that I want to do up to other people, right? And I'll never forget it. My therapist told me, I need you to heal because I want you to have meaningful relationships. And if you don't, you'll always struggle. You always want to love someone, but then pull back as soon as they get too close, right? You'll either become that anxious attachment where you're like, please love me, please love me, please love me. Or the avoidant attachment. You're doing too much. I don't need all that. Give me some space, right? And I believe it. I took, I took it to heart. And so I got honest about my hurt. I learned how to identify and regulate and express my emotions. I started setting boundaries with myself. Now, even as a therapist, I had to do this because we think if I have the knowledge, I can do it. That's not always true. That's not always true. Okay. So as I'm going through this and I'm talking about this, what have you truly been avoiding when it comes to healing? What is perfectionism, uh, your use of perfectionism causing you to truly avoid, right? You can put it in the chat. And why have you avoided it? What do you think is going to happen? What's, a, what's the consequence of confronting your healing? What do you think is going to happen? What do you think is going to stop happening or stop happening, right? It's important to ask that question and be aware of that question, right? 
I'm a better wife because I healed. I'm a better mom because I healed. And so will you. So will you. So I'm talking about um, a client that I had. Her name was Ashley. This wasn't her real name because I changed names for confidentiality. Um, But her name was Ashley. And Ashley came to me because she couldn't control her emotions. Right? She worked with me um, because all of her emotions were coming out and exploding in her life. She was yelling at her kids. She was cold with her husband. She was disconnected from God. She wanted to quit her job, even though she was passionate about it. It's like everything was touring down. Like, I don't want to. It's too much, right? The more she tried to control and perfect, the more she felt like she was failing at everything. Anybody ever felt like that before, right? Um, we started to get to the root of these patterns, why she felt like she was a, a, a failure, why she felt like she was, you know, being ignored. And we got to this root of this was planted in childhood. That she was invaluable, inadequate, that she always had to one up and prove something in order to be accepted and loved. Right. But it came out as control later on. And as we worked together through the frameworks that we're talking about today, she became more, more patient with herself first. Then that got her into patience with her children. Then a connection with, you know, her, with her husband, less frustration at home. And then because of that, she just felt better. She came to me saying, oh my gosh, you've shifted the atmosphere of my home. And I didn't even know it needed to be shifted. I just thought I need to quit my job. <laughs> I like, I just thought I, you know, need to get out of burnout. You know what I mean? But no, it's a whole system that needs to be reset. And then uh, Kyria, again, name change. She couldn't let go of control, right? Um, She felt like a glorified house manager doing all the things for everybody all the time. She was exhausted, but she didn't know how to ask for help. Deeply inside, she felt like she was a burden to her family. And so we started to peel back these layers and discovered that it, again, came from messages from her mom, right? That she had to be quiet. She had to be little. She had to be compliant and go along with it. She didn't have a say as far as what she did and didn't do. And her way of coping with this message was gaining her respect and her belonging through control, right? Because we think that if someone respects us um, or if we're in control, someone automatically owes us their respect. That's not necessarily true, right? But we work through this. She stopped hiding from her fear of rejection, of belonging and connection with other people. And then because of that, she was able to get into this place where she wasn't controlling her kids. She wasn't being critical to her husband. She wasn't being critical to herself. She stopped feeling like a burden and asking for what she actually needed. It's deep work, deep, deep work, right? So before we move on, let's do a little check-in. Did everything make sense? I'm going to check in on the chat just a second. Amanda said, avoiding that if I stop performing and doing everything perfectly for everyone, I won't be valuable, needed love. Bingo, Amanda, bingo. And that's a beautiful insight because it takes a lot of people a long time to get there. Because sometimes we don't even know why we're running in the first place. What is the benefit? If we can look at it from the ankle, like sometimes we think like, um, we just leave it at why, but thinking about the benefit that it does and carries for us, it gives us so much more fluff, so much more intel. Okay. All right. Amanda also said it makes sense. I'm gonna go with Amanda. Okay. <laughs> 
All right. What's your biggest takeaway so far? Think about, was it, you know, think about why the enemy wants to keep you there, how childhood wounds turn into perfectionism. Like what's your biggest takeaway from, from today? And then what do you think you need to work on? Is it like, oh, I need to get my emotional regulations together. I need to set better boundaries. Like, what is it that you know that you need to work on? And then do you believe that it's possible for you to work on those things and heal your childhood wounds and shift your generation? I need you to believe that it's possible. Like, I need you to know that this, although it can feel at times big and momentous, that it is possible, that I'm a living testimony that it is possible, okay? So we've talked about disrupting the perfect message. We've talked about uncovering your blind spots and identifying the enemy's angle so you can disrupt it and then exiting out of that perfectionism thing, right? So give me a yes in the chat if this is true for you. Do you feel more confident about how perfectionism is fueled by your childhood wounds after today? Yes, 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 yes. Do you realize the power and advantage that you have in changing your generation by using these cycle changing frameworks? Like you have power that the enemy doesn't want you to be aware of. He wants you to think that perfectionism is the only way to live your life. It's your only way to acceptance, belonging, value. He wants you to believe that. So you now have this advantage and we have, we're coming out of this class with victory, okay? Enemy, you can't win. You can't win. Nanny boo-boo, as my kids say. (laughs) Um, Also give me a a yes. If you can see yourself using what I showed you today to help you become emotionally healthy. It's the goal beyond the goal, right? Not just for us, but the lineage and the generation that comes after us. All right. So how are you going to learn to create a long lasting change from what you learned today? I'm excited to talk to you about Mama Wounded. If you've been opening up your emails, if you've been following me on Instagram, you know that I've been talking about this program that is the next step. Like today is good and juicy and it's a great first starter, but in order to upgrade this and make it cement and make it stick for you for the long haul, being able to be in uh, a safe environment that allows you to mature and grow in this time over time is the next step for you, okay? So I'm going to talk to you about the program, Mom Unwounded. My my theme for this program is really that heaven wants you healed, and we're going to partner with the Holy Spirit for us to be able to do so, okay? So this is your official invitation to join me inside of the program. This is a live 12-week group coaching program to help moms like you, high-achieving Christian moms, in their strive for perfectionism by healing their childhood wounds. And so here are the components that are involved inside of Mama Wounded. So we meet uh, for 12 weeks of live training, meaning I'm hopping on, I'm teaching and training you. I'll talk about the, the core pillars that are inside of the program, but I'm teaching and training you on how to thoroughly do what we did today. 45 minutes, 60 minutes is not a whole lot of time to do in-depth work, right? So to be able to have that time for us to get together is essential. Having a private community. Can you imagine being surrounded by other moms who are on the same exact exact path as you, who have the same exact goal as you, surrounding you, holding you accountable, giving you that iron sharpened iron um, experience that you need in order to heal, right? And then the coaching that comes along with that. I'm a therapist by trade, which means I know how to ask really good questions. That that's really a sum of a therapist. I know how to ask really good questions to get to the bottom of stuff and get to the bottom of it quickly. And that is the coaching that is involved inside of the program. 
So we're going to meet bi-weekly for 90 minutes to go through the, these core phases. Reveal. So reveal is all about getting to that root of your childhood wounds. So you're identifying really the message, right, that perfectionism came for. I know we started to kind of dance around it today. But once you understand the specific moments in time and the specific message for you, because not all the all messages are created equal. I could have had a message about insignificance while you have a message about being responsible for everything and everyone around you, right? So revealing that helps you come up with a strategy to move forward and break the cycle inside of your family. Remember what I said earlier, confronting things is how we move forward and, and have this disruption happen. So you'll have all you need to be able to heal and understand the grasp, the fullness of those childhood wounds. And then we go on to release. So a part of releasing is yes, grieving what did and didn't happen inside of your childhood experience, but also forgiving yourself for the things that, you allow to happen, but you didn't know, like you didn't know better, right? When you got into relationships, when you made that call, even today, right? Like in your marriage or the things that you've done with your kids, it's like, I don't know what else to do, right? So forgiving yourself and allowing yourself to release that emotional baggage that has subconsciously been holding you back and then going on to learn how to manage those emotions so that anxiety and anger and burnout are not a part of your identity. You know how to confidently say, when this stares up in my body, I know what to do. When it stares up in my heart and in my mind, I know what to do. I'm not going to have a perfect life because it doesn't exist and I'm no longer chasing perfectionism, but I know what to do, Right. That uh, that phase has all you need to be able to learn the skill of managing your emotions. And then we get to restore. This phase is all about um, re getting back to and returning to your born identity in Christ. I believe that childhood forms us, right? It molds us into this way of being perfectionists or producers or performers or uh, protectors. It forms us in this shape. And we think this is who I am. I'm a perfectionist. I'm a control freak, right? All these things that we've said today, we think that's who we are, but we are so much more than that. God calls us by name. He created us for his workmanship, which means we are unique. We have a specific calling on our lives and restoring your trust and your faith in God, restoring your identity, meaning uh, uh, what habits do you need to stop or start in order to get you to that place of total restoration? That's what we talk about inside of that program inside of that module, right? So I infuse biblical principles with psychology to teach you um, all of these different aspects of becoming emotionally healthy and transforming your identity, not just for you, but for your lineage, right? So healing is a journey. It's something that you'll continue to do past this class, past the program. And so having the ability to access these trainings is what you'll have. So you have a lifetime access to all of the trainings inside of the program, even well after it's over, because maintaining your emotional health and your ability to heal, um, you can come back to that and return to the training anytime you need for life, okay? So um, then we get to the private community. So this is a space that you will have this connection with fellow moms. This is a space that you can ask your questions and get daily on-demand coaching from me. You get to ask, hey, this popped up or I noticed this in the training. Can you go more in depth? And I'm telling you the coaching that I do is different. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, okay? I'm not trying to brag, but listen, God gives us gifts. 
I know you got your gifts. I got my gifts. And so I love to coach. I love to be able to be in the trenches and working these things out because I don't want you to feel like it's just, again, a bunch of information that's thrown at you, but you have what you need. You have what it takes to be able to actually implement these things, right? And you get the support of your peers uh, that's available 24-7. Okay, and then you also get my knowledge, right? 10 plus years of being a trauma therapist. I'm not just, you know, somebody on Instagram that's talking about do one, two, three, ABC. I have depth to the things that I know and how to get you where you need to go. And it's embedded in the frameworks and processes that we're working through. Um, and so individualized coaching is what you'll get on the tail end of the live trainings that we do. And so you'll get to, again, ask your questions and get that feedback. So again, this is a live training, which means you're not going to be watching recordings. This is us gathering around a virtual table and workshopping these things out. And so it's 90 minutes for a reason. Now, will you be able to sit on every call for 90 minutes? Maybe not. But the time that you can come, we're workshopping these things out loud where it's a very interactive program that I'm teaching live. And probably won't be live again. So at, at this beginning, you had that uh, specific advantage. So there's two different levels to the program because I believe that, you know, we we all want different things and we want different levels of support. So I wanted to make sure that you have that inside of the program to make sure you get everything you need to get the results of healing your childhood wounds. So the group tier, the group support, you get the training, you get the private community and the trauma-informed coaching period, that's standard. And then if you want to upgrade to VIP experience, you get to meet with me bi-weekly for private coaching calls, right? And so for these 45 minutes, it's just you and me, me and you, we're either reviewing what's inside of the training, or you can bring whatever questions you want to go through or experiences you want to process through. We talk about that inside of these private coaching calls. You get unlimited private messaging with me. So inside of the community, Again, I got a question. Uh, you got me in your back pocket, okay? On demand, bloop, bloop, bloop. We're in there, right? So this leaves you if you have to miss a call or, or something comes up because mom be momming and life be life in, um, you have the opportunity to still get the the juiciness of, of, of communicating and talking with me. Then we, I have this thing called cycle, sheet, um, cycle sheets. Um, these are feedback forms that you'll submit. And essentially these cycle sheets teach you how to self coach. So I, the framework that I use inside of these sheets, you'll submit them, you'll kind of self-coach your way through, and then I'll give you video feedback. It's almost like a public journal where I get to see your thought process and I get to say, okay, this is where we need to attack and this is how we need to change and shift it in the future. I'm so excited about this component because I think it's life-changing um, for you to be able to have this impact of saying, okay, I know how to train my thoughts in real time because I learned I learned how to self-coach, okay? So that's the group support and the VIP support. Now, the investment of this program is, um, it's indicative of all of the experience that you're gonna get. Um, my one-to-one training that I've done with private clients, experience, all the things, right? So for group support, all of those things we just talked about, you can pay in full, $24.97 or um, four payments of $6.87. If you're like, listen, VIP me, okay? Put me in the C-suite. I want to meet with you one-on-one. I want to get the cycle sheets. I want to get the unlimited messages. $39.97 is what you pay or $10.99 um, for four payments. Now, if you're looking at this and you're like, girl, 
I want to be able to come into the program, but can we make some adjustments? If you need a payment plan that is not talked about here, just DM me on Instagram or when you apply for the program, we can talk about it on our call. I don't want you to miss out on this program or miss out on really learning and implementing the things that are inside of the program because of cost. So talk to me about, you know, reconfiguring a payment plan and we can walk through that. All right, so the bonuses that you'll get, if you apply before Friday, you get a burnout bootcamp. What I've learned about high-achieving moms like you and I is that we do to do, and a way that we heal is through our doing. We'll pack our lives and our schedule with more and more things over and over again, and it leads us to burnout. So this burnout bootcamp is a live workshop that I'm teaching you on how to get out of that cycle, how to make decisions that are strategic, that do not continue to put you in this go, 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 stop, go, 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 stop mentality, okay? Um, if you pay in full, you get an additional 30-minute private session with me that you can use throughout the program at any time, right? Um, and then everyone on the call, if you join this cohort, you're going to get a healthy holidays workshop where I'm going to be talking about how you can set boundaries with your family come Thanksgiving and Christmas. Listen, Thanksgiving and Christmas are like the Super Bowl for like us, oh, excuse me, us therapists and coaches of the world because of all of the work that we've done and, we, and we've talked about, you get to put into action. Like, so this um, workshop is going to teach you how to have healthy boundaries with your family for the holidays, how to set up um, your own way of peace, whether you are in contact with your extended family or not. I believe that this workshop will be impactful for you, right? I'm, I'm wrapping up and then we're going to get to the Q&A portion of this as promised. So Mom and Wounded can help you even if you've been in therapy. So I see a lot of clients that come to me for coaching for this specific arena of like being a Christian and um, having ambition and uh, struggling with perfectionism and also having childhood wounds. Because if you've gone to therapy and they didn't specialize in these things, it may have provided a gap within your treatment, right? And so you might be coming like, oh yeah, we worked on that, but we didn't work on that. This program is very curated and specialized to hit all of those angles. And in addition to that, you have me outside of session. And so it's not just a thing of like that 45 to 60 minutes face-to-face -face time. Coach, you got me in the community in your pocket. You got planning sheets that will help you implement the program. You got cycle sheets if you are in the VIP program, um, um, VIP support package. It's different from therapy, but even if you are still in therapy, you can still benefit because the program is comprehensive in that way. Mama Wendy can also help you if you don't feel ready. If you're like, oh, I know, but emotions. <laughs> we talked about that today, right? Like if you feel this lump in your throat, um, throat when you think about what's ahead of you. It feels like a mountain. I have created Mom Amuda to give you the safety, cu to curate the safety within you and inside of the program to help you feel ready, right? And we're going to be praying and asking God to come in. God, help me. Give me courage. When I feel like I'm going to be overturned, give me courage, right? So the program is built with that in mind. Mama Wounded can also help you even if you are in contact with your family. So some folks say, you know, I don't talk to my mom or dad anymore because the relationship was so toxic. Cool. Or I still do have contact with my family. I see them sparingly, but I don't want to necessarily cut them off. This is not a parent bashing, um, talk bad about um, your family type of situation. I believe that compassion is warranted for your healing. I also believe that 
Um, forgiveness is a part of our call as Christians. It's hard to forgive, um, but having a process to be able to walk through that inside of the program is what we do. So no matter if you're in contact with your family or not, Mom Amunda can help and support you. So I'm going to move into, yep, yeah, I'm going to move into the questions for today. And please put any and all questions and I'll stay on here as long as y'all want to. <laughs> um, but your next steps before we get to the questions is go to momunwounded.com. I'll also be following up with you via email, momunwounded.com. You can hear all about the program. What we didn't catch today. The replay is also going to be on this page, but you're going to apply. So you're going to fill out a short, brief uh, form. Then you're going to do a very brief um, assessment. So that I can see where you are and if the program is a fit for you, then we're going to hop on a call for us to really seal the deal. I'm going to give you my honest opinion. Um, you're going to ask me any and all questions privately for us to see if, if this is a good fit for you. And then you enroll inside the program October 2nd, which is, is that next week? No, not next week. The week after um, we kick off with a group call that is going to I'm so excited for it. I have an activity that's going to be life-changing and transforming in building the community together and helping you kickstart your um, your process of healing your childhood wounds so you don't want to miss it. So we kickstart on the second. And then from there, we meet bi-weekly inside of the program. And so apply, do the assessment, which will be automated to you. We get on the call. You make a decision about moving forward, okay? Sounds good. Okay, Holly says, thank you. You're welcome, Holly. Oh, Amanda had to hop off and she said she will um, she will come back and message me. Let me scroll all the way up. Okay. <laughs> Raven said, I feel attacked and seen at the same time. This has been insightful. Definitely true. We have the knowledge to change it. Not always the case. Yep. Absolutely. Brianne, I think, being able to connect so many things that you haven't thought about before, especially the how. Yep. Mm-hmm. Making sense. I love it. Okay. Let me see. Some questions are coming in. <laughs> Sean says you're gonna have an ugly cry. Don't I understand? Don't I understand? Okay. Teresa says, Will you be taking a break from doing regular therapy sessions during this 12-week section? I'd love info about your practice. So, Teresa, this program is almost replacing my practice. And so if you want to work with me one-to-one, -one, I would um, recommend that you get the VIP package inside of the program. If you're like, oh, the program sounds cool, but I still want to work with you privately, um, this is the way for you to be able to do it. And so just DM me. Um, or email me, DM me is probably a, a little simpler and we can talk about the VIP package so that we can work together one-to-one -one or figure out um, a specialized plan for you. D Hill says, is confronting the parent about past hurt um, they've caused necessary for the true healing? You know what? I don't think so. I don't think so. And, and I think in a lot of cases, if you force yourself to do something um, in an environment that's unsafe, it actually prevents your healing. I think the advice about um, the advice about making a reconciliation in, in some form is not applicable to every situation, right? If your parents are still at the level of emotional immaturity, meaning you'll walk away from that conversation more confused, feeling more ashamed, feeling more guilt. Um, 
it takes two parties to reconcile a relationship. And so if they're not in a mindset to accept and take accountability for what they've done or continue to do, it's going to be very difficult to have a healthy relationship. This doesn't mean that you have to cut them off or go no contact, but it does mean having a process to set boundaries with them while also having compassion for them, understanding they're not there, right? We have this saying in therapy, we have to meet our clients where we are. You have to meet your parents where they are, right? And so inside of the program, walking through the steps of what happens, right? When you have these conversations, if you decide to, is it safe to have these conversations? And if you decide to have a conversation, I've had a client before where she was so nervous to talk uh, talk to her mom about some things that had happened. And she said she she wanted to do it. She felt like it would be a good thing to do. She kept putting it off. And I made her open her text messages and session. I said, send it right now. Let's do it. She did it. And they had a great conversation. Is that everybody's experience? No. But I said all that to say the support in whatever way you go is available to you inside of the program. Okay. Brienne said, thank you. I'll be in touch. Oh, I said it right. Okay, Brienne. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Uh, Mina or Mina, I think. When you are in do, do, do mode, how do you recognize the Holy Spirit and his encouragement to pause or change what you're doing or saying? This is a good question. So for me, whenever I'm in do, do, do mode, I'm rarely still. We know the Holy Spirit to be a quiet, still voice. He's not one to be loud and compete with distractions in our lives because he gives us free will, will, right? So as long as we are stuffing our lives down with busyness, it's almost like he steps to the side and said, okay, I'm gonna wait until you finish. So in order to get out of that mode or reconnect once you've realized or recognized that you're in it is to be still. And I believe it is one of the things I teach inside of the program when we get to the restoring phase is a daily practice of connecting with God and the Holy Spirit on an emotional level every single day. And it's not just about God, keep my kids safe, right? Because that's almost a, um, you're asking God to do something that he has always, has already promised. And so I've, I've heard people talk about like not praying out of a beggar's heart, right? But out of a, a, out of an act of gratitude and saying, you've already created these things for me, right? And so when you have this practice of restoration, you get to be still and hear the Holy Spirit say, I want that. Give it to me, right? Even with your emotions, your actions, all of those things come with stillness. And that requires developing a muscle, right? Developing a muscle to be able to do that. Okay. Any other questions? I might take my, uh, stop sharing off. Any other questions? Teddy, is your hand up? Or Teddy? Teddy? It's TD, but no, my hand wasn't up. Sorry. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Any other questions about what we discussed today or we talked about today? Um, any questions about the program and how we can work together? I'm going to take a second. Uh-oh. Okay. Any questions? Any questions? Um, like I said, we kick off on the second and 
the schedule, I forgot to include it in today's um, presentation, but the 11th is the 11th of October is our first class and we're going through grasping um going through grasping the understanding of the childhood wound ecosystem and how it's not just like one little string of things that there's a whole system that works against that and then on the um 25th of October we're doing a cycle reversal plan which is like your emotional and your spiritual strategy in getting out of childhood wounds so we're talking about swiping out old beliefs how do you tangibly do that what changes what habits change when you be able to do that then on the 8th of November we are talking about grieving what was and what wasn't and getting to a place of um of emotional health, being able to identify that baggage, right? And then the following week, following week, we talk about being able to manage those emotions, that anger, anxiety that lingers, how to identify it and communicate it without criticism or guilt um, and knowing how to be expressive in your communication about your emotions, working with the Holy Spirit so that um, you know how to do that. And then we move on to the restoration December 6th and 20th of recreating your identity in Christ. So that's pretty much what the schedule looks like um, as we work together. And you immediately get access to your private portal, um, to the private community. And if you do VIP, you get immediate access to asking me questions and the schedule for you to book your um, your 45-minute sessions. Oh, she said, no, very insightful. Thank you. Okay, he has that up. Okay, awesome. All right, y'all. Y'all got me here, okay? You got me here. You're welcome, D Hill. I'm so glad that y'all came and y'all spent this time with me. I know it is not easy stepping away from work, from the kids, from doing all the things that we do so eloquently. Um, but I'm so grateful that y'all um that y'all um stuck around with me today. You're welcome. DM me on Instagram, go to momfulyou.com backslash. No, no, go to momunwounded.com so that you can apply. Ask me any questions. If you have questions about the program, but you're not 100% certain, still apply. Um, because if you do so before Friday, you'll get that additional bonus, but still apply so we can have a conversation to just like hash out any questions that you have. So much food for thought. I know Shauna, so much. Just let it marinate. <laughs> and then um, I'm excited to get to work with anyone who decides to join. It's been real. God bless you. God keep you. And until the next time, send me any questions, apply, and I'll talk to you then. Bye, y'all.